Welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground, where we collaborate with trusted educators from around the world to ignite and empower a passionate community committed to revolutionizing education from the inside out. Join me as we create our lives and our cultures on purpose. This is the Conscious Educator Playground. Let's play. Happy Thursday, everyone. Happy Friday for those of you that are in other parts of the world. Welcome to our Culture Playground Masterclass. I'm Sandy Herrera. I am super excited to uh, connect with all of you today. We have a special guest who's joining us, um, a dear friend of mine that I met through another dear friend. Uh, she lives in Australia. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her um, as soon as we get her in here. So I've got some tech stuff happening in the background. Thank you so much, all of you, for your patience as I get things set up. Um, and as always, welcome to Miss Sheba Rashada uh, joining us. She is actually in Las Vegas. I'm in Las Vegas right now. Um, and Sheba's coming to us from Vegas too, which is super exciting. I get to see you in person tomorrow. Uh, so fun. So excited for that. And um, I am, I'm ready, if you are, to welcome our special guest today, uh, Miss Ortel Green. Uh, she will be teleported into our screen so you all can see her here in a second. Um, Ortel, it is so great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a long time in the making since you and I met and planned for this day. I am happy to have you here with us. Um, we, we just uh, kick things off and, and go deep fast in these mini master classes. So I do want to do a quick little intro um, of you, but I think, Ortel, you're probably better at doing it more concisely than I am. Um, but we met through a dear friend of mine, Kathy Shepard, who I met when I was in Bali uh, doing some entrepreneurial training. And you are coming to us from Australia. So do you want to give us just a, a little two-second blurb about you and your company and your background? I know that's really hard in two seconds, but do you <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I'll do my best. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Ortel Green, and I'm very passionate about innovative and creative thinking. And as such, I've created uh, an organization called Glittering Minds which is all about empowering teachers to create tomorrow's innovators in their classroom. Uh, we have a program to help teachers achieve that. Uh, I'm also an author. I wrote the book, Think Unique, during COVID times when schools were closed here in Melbourne, um, which also is, is a step-by-step -step guide for teachers about creative thinking, what it is, and how they can turn their classroom into an innovative learning environment where the student develop the so important 21st century skills such as creative thinking, collaboration, empathy, critical thinking, and problem solving. And so, so I'm excited to be here today. <laughs> so, so vital. I am so grateful to, to know you and for the work that you're doing in the world. When, you know, we've, we've got this, I'd like to call it a, a hot mess of crazy going on um, in the world <laughs> today. And there's so many facets to that. And um, hello to all of you that are uh, typing in the chat. Feel free to, to continue to, to chat where you're from and uh, welcome all today. Um, but as we um, kind of dive into this, I, I want to acknowledge that when we talk about innovation, when we're in overwhelm, when we're in stress, when, like, like I've mentioned, it's really even hard to figure out what we want for dinner, let alone to innovate in our work, I just want to acknowledge that I see you, I hear you, it is not easy, and 
we're going to nudge you a little bit today. We're going to nudge you with love and grace. We're going to nudge you to, to refine, reignite that joy inside of you for why you wake up every day. Because this constant state of overwhelm and stress and too much of all of the chaos, we get to take our power back and own our unique genius and actually get back to thinking from an innovative mind so we can unlock that overwhelm. We can actually get back to that joy. And this is one of the ways to do it. So um, Ortel, I want to I have you speak to maybe an example of an educator or a school um, where you've actually been able to go in and, and work with them where they've been in stress, they've been in overwhelm, and they've actually taken design thinking where they've taken that innovative mindset and it's actually unlocked that them out of that state of overwhelm. Can you describe that a little bit and give us a little story? Yes, yes, sure, uh, definitely. And I totally agree. And I see um, educator with all the stress and everything that COVID brought in, and it's not easy. And now coming back out of COVID, I definitely see that as an opportunity to choose a new path, to do things differently. So I think that's a great opportunity for everyone to um, embrace new things and like you said bring back the fun into teaching and um, as an example there is a one teacher I mean there is one school in particular that I've been working with for a few years now and what was amazing for me to see is that even during last year when we still had many lockdowns here in Melbourne it's um, it's I think won the title that the most lockdown city um, and so during COVID, in between lockdowns, the teachers were actually able to um, learn about the creative thinking and the creative process and how to bring innovation in their classroom. And that's actually um, helped them with the remote learning because when you develop an innovative mindset, when you um, embrace um, being uncomfortable, embrace changes, embrace having an open mind and trying new things and are willing to fail, then the remote learning is an opportunity basically to try new things and, and um, to improve the way you go about teaching and find new ways for your students to learn differently. So by adopting that innovative mindset, actually it helped teachers overcome the difficulties and, and find the opportunities within a very difficult situation. Yeah, absolutely. Shiba, do you want to chime in with, with how you've used design thinking and, and innovation in, in your world? Um, yes. So as an educator, I think that I've just always kind of done things differently, <laughs> you know, because I didn't go to teaching school, right? I came into the field, you know, um, in the alternative path, at least that's what they call it here in CCSD. So I think that I was able to approach how to teach students with a different mindset, right? I, I already knew that just the, the kind of rote, we talked about this before, Sandy, right? The memorization, all the desks always in rows. I already knew that there had to be a different way. I wasn't confined to any one set of how to teach or how to do school. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, and like you were saying, Rital, really just being, you know, we have to have the courage to fail, right? Because in the classroom, a fail is really just a step forward. And it just shows us, okay, hey, that didn't work that way, but maybe this way will work. 
So because I came in in a different path, I think that, um, Sandy, like you were asking me, I've always just done things differently. I'm like, all right, all the desks to the wall and let's just get in a circle. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, being, being able to play, right. Exactly. Being able to play regardless of the age of the student that you're teaching, even if you're teaching adults. And this is one of the things as we talk about being educators and we talk about being edupreneurs, it, it is, you know, we're all teachers and we're all students in some facet in our lives. So when we begin to expand our minds as to what the future of education looks like, and we begin to unlock that, because we all agree that the way that education was originally designed is not working, hasn't been working in lots of ways for generations. And there are a lot of things that are working. There are a lot of things that are starting to unlock the inner genius in, in all humans. It's just not as big enough as we all want yet. And it's going to be up to us as educators and entrepreneurs from around the world to lock arms and go, we got this together. And the way that we're going to do it is by actually using this foundational work of design thinking, right? Or tall, I mean, this is, this is why you're so passionate about this is getting to this place of, okay, we have to commit things from an innovative mindset because without that, we were stuck and we're stuck in a space where at the core of it, from a human behavior perspective, we're fearful of change. And the reason that the neuroscience, and Ortal, you can, you can tap into this as well, the neuroscience behind like our, our fear from change is that it's telling our unconscious mind that what we're doing right now is bad or wrong. And that when we understand that that's kind of the definition of why we fear change and what's actually happening on a physiological level, then we can go, oh, but my logic mind knows that I'm, it, it's okay. Like, like I'm not bad or wrong. It's to make an improvement because now I have more information to make another decision. And when you can actually get over that hump and begin thinking that way, then you can get to the innovation, right? But if you don't get, if you can't unlock your fear of change, we all have it. We, we all have it in different degrees for different situations, right? Um, and uh, yet yeah. when we unlock it, yeah, go ahead, Ertel. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I want to add into that, that often as human beings, we put barriers on our thinking, which are not really there. And I want to empower teachers across the world because you have more power than you believe. You have more autonomy than you think. And, and often we think we have more constraints than we actually have within the system. So of course, this system has constraints. We have to, um, um, we have to go through standardized testing we have a curriculum that we need to abide to. But even within this system, within this constraint, teachers have so many freedom and power to facilitate the lesson in a different way, in an innovative way. They can choose often the framework which they work in. So you can still teach the same curriculum, but in such a different way that actually um, help your student develop this wonderful creative thinking and uh, develop this collaboration and, and just create a wonderful learning environment in your classroom. So teachers can really, if we acknowledge and, and you know, kind of think of, okay, um, what are the real barriers? What are the real restrictions within the system? If you really explore that, you'll discover that you have much more room to bring a lot of new 
kind of learning into a classroom. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to ask for permission for that. <laughs> right, right. That's the beauty of it. And, and with um, the evolution where we're going to have a lot more choice and a lot more um, hybrid learning, where online learning is not, not going away. It's just going to be incorporated in different ways. And there, there is a lot of Zoom fatigue still going on. Um, you know, it's happening in the corporate world as well, is to acknowledge it and then to say, yes, and what else can we incorporate in order to make it fun? I have a, a virtual genius camp coming up next week uh, with 25 students from here in Las Vegas. And it's, it's challenging because we haven't been able to be in person with these kids for um, Genius Camp for a couple of years. And, and it's like we're, we're on that teeter-totter and we decided to, to play it safe and still be virtual with them. And, and again, we as coaches are coming together and going, all right, how do we still make this fun? How do we actually make this still interactive in a way that allows them to go, I can't wait to come back to Genius Camp tomorrow. So even when we're talking about, you know, traditional education, K-12, you know, in the classroom curriculum, testing, all of those things, I want to make sure that everyone who's listening is expand it beyond for whatever you're doing in your world. If you're leading adult trainings, you're leading professional developments, you're leading any of those things, we're all just big kids. We, we all want to have fun <laughs> in our learning. And that's how we learn best. No one in the history of learning has learned from being told that they're bad or wrong or that they're failing. We learn when we unlock that, that you got this, right? How many videos are out there of, you know, uh, I'm thinking of the, is it a, so I'm getting to this age. Is it a meme? Is it a, it's not a gif, but anyways, I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> going, wait, what are the things called where it, it's a video of, of a, a child who's maybe four or five years old trying to run up one of the things that um, kind of like a ninja course, totally butchering this story. Um, and he's, he keeps trying to run up the wall where you, where it's like a ninja warrior, you run up and you, you can get to the, the top of it. And he's trying and he's trying and you hear his dad in the background going, you got this, you got this, look at that. And, and imagine you're at the top of it and, and imagine you're at the top of it. And he keeps trying and he keeps falling down and keeps falling. And his dad just keeps going, you got, you got it. You know, you do, you know, you do, and you'll get it when you get it. And, and just that's how we learn and grow. And that's how we create a win or a success, no matter what it is, whether, even if it's ourselves in developing our lessons, right? Because our tell, when, when you talk about um, some of the projects that you've worked on and some of the innovation that you've been able to spark, can you share um, some details about what that looks like in practice and, and maybe a project that you're super proud of and, and a lesson that came out of it? Yeah, definitely. That actually a project I want to share, and it relates to what you're saying, Sandy, about um, imagining a new learning environment and and also having a very design thinking approach to it, a very human centric approach to it. Because when we designing something for our students, for example, we need to involve them in the process and really learn from them what works for them, what they wish to have, what are their problems and difficulties. And one of the projects that um, we ran at one of the school is how might we create a supportive learning environment within our classroom? And this is where the students actually, and there are grade three and four students, right? Very, very young. And this is where they came up with interview question to ask other students and, and learn from them about it. 
and they interviewed, I think it was about 100 other students about um, what comes in the way of learning, how do they feel when they come uh, in the morning to the school, uh, what they need to have in order to um, better learn in the school environment, what's important for them, etc. So they interviewed them and they, then they looked at all that information and, and start to analyze it and start to find patterns within the answers and, and you know, start to drive insights from all that information. And this is where they learn how there are a few things that are very important for all of them. And, and one of them is the social connection, right? Feeling connected to the community within the school, to other students, to the teachers, and then also um, being acknowledged and supported by their teachers. So have the teachers say something positive to them and encouraging them. And that was really important. And many of them said that if the teacher's in a bad mood in the morning, that's kind of ruined their whole day. And, and it's really important for them to have a, a nice word from the teacher. And, and sometimes we, we forget how impactful we, we are with our words and how we need to be careful with what we say. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so the student came up with what, what is important for them and, and what is the foundation that they need to have within their learning environment in order to create that environment where they can flourish. Uh, and, and from that came beautiful ideas from the students in terms of what changes they can make within their learning environment to make it better for them. Um, and, and so some of their ideas were implemented and the students actually were driving a better learning environment which is wonderful because it's a win-win situation, right? Um, for the teacher, it means that um, they creating uh, and helping the students learn better. For the student, they feel empowered and they feel they have a voice and agency over what's going on in the learning. And so they're more, um, more committed, more um, excited to come to the classroom every, every day. So this is an example that, you know, every teacher, can do that within the classroom, within their students and improve the learning environment. And this is kind of an ongoing thing that you can do within design thinking, you know, you know that it's always an improvement process, right? There is no perfect. It's just learning as you go and keep improving what you're doing. I love that. And it's so easy to do yet. Sometimes we don't take the time to do it because we think, oh, well, wait till the new school year or, oh, I'll wait until next quarter, or, oh, I'll wait until, why? Like, ask yourselves, why are you waiting? Because that's a strategy, and, and in, in my coaching world, I call it designing a team alliance. Um, in Sheba's world, you probably call it, you know, setting up your classroom management, right, at the beginning of the school year, and um, setting up the, how do you want your environment to be, and, and when you include those that you serve, you actually create a culture, right? You create this environment that allows everyone to feel like they belong, like they have their, their sense of, of ownership on the, this is my place too. I'm not just a part of some place that you take ownership. And Ortel, that's exactly what you're describing is, is how, do, how do I actually get my students, even if they're, you're talking about third and fourth graders, so I'm assuming like seven, eight, nine years old. So they, they want to be a part of 
designing, creating, and then living the culture that they exist in, especially the culture that they learn in. So when we can actually set that up, and the one of the frameworks that that I use is um, what's our what's our intention. So and you can say that in lots of ways, like what what do we want to get out of this meeting today, or what do we want to get out of this lesson today, or or um, you know what what is your what is your dream for our classroom? You can you can ask what is your intention in lots of different ways depending on the context and the duration of time that you're setting it up for, um, and then how are we going to flourish and. Or tell, like you were saying, the words that we choose are so powerful. And so when we frame it as how are we going to flourish in order to meet those intentions, <clears throat> now you actually are setting the framework to have their thinking go up, right, in, in energy. Um, and so having it, how are we going to flourish is like, ooh, how can we actually make that happen? And who, are we, who do we want to be together? Uh, and you get what you're talking about with the surveying of, of everyone and like, what kind of learning environment do we want? And we want our teacher to acknowledge us. We want to acknowledge each other. We don't want it to just be one-sided. And you create what becomes peer-to-peer -peer accountability because you're able to actually set the stage for that in the beginning. And it's also important to dive into, and if it gets difficult, when it gets difficult, because it's going to be sometimes, it's not going to be perfect sunshine and rainbows all the time. Who do we want to show up as then? And when we can frame it in a way of who we want to show up as, then we're actually telling the unconscious mind that everyone is responsible for who they show up as. So now you're actually inviting the children, your students, your colleagues, your friends, your, fam your family, family, <laughs> either, um, <laughs> to actually own who they show up as and go, ooh, if I'm feeling like this is hard work or I feel like I'm failing and I'm, I'm struggling and I'm grumpy and I'm whatever, you know what? I'm going to show up and I'm just going to name it. I'm just going to say I'm grumpy today and I don't want to, right? Or <laughs> whatever it is. We all have those times. And if you, when you design, and, and again, I call it a team alliance or tell you probably call it something different, but it's about really setting the stage for the human behavior of who we're all showing up as, what we need from each other and how we're showing up. And then being able to say, is there anything else we need from each other? And are we going to acknowledge this and be able to say, um, thank you so much for, for giving me grace when I was grumpy. If that's one of the things that you came up with that you wanted or um, being able to say, hey, I'm feeling like we're not really hearing each other well. because And we said that we wanted to be good listeners and I don't feel like we're hearing, like that you ask for what you need because you set the norms, but you have to set them together because sense of belonging is one of our core human needs. And it's just, it's so vital. So I love that you brought up that example uh, it is so powerful to lay the framework for an innovative culture. Without that framework, without that foundation, we don't get lift off, right? Of course, the environment is so important and, and you need to create that safe environment as well, where people as students and teachers as well feel that they can actually bring their real self into it without the fear of being judged, without the fear of being told that their ideas are silly or stupid or whatever it is, because, you know, our confidence is very fragile and our creative confidence is so fragile. And if we feel that if we might come up and, and say, come up with an idea and other people might ridicule us, then we keep our ideas for ourselves and we're just not going to share it. So one of the main things that we need to do if 
we want to create that innovative environment is create a really safe environment where everyone feel that they can share everything that goes in their mind and know that they are safe and that will be welcomed no matter how crazy that idea might sound <laughs> it will be embraced and welcomed and they can be who they really are exactly i i love that and we are coming up um close to time uh Orsel, thank you so much for your wisdom and for being here and if you could drop a link to your book um in the chat we'll make sure that that everyone can can check that out um and also um, one question that I want to ask both you and Shiva, and this is something that I want to start doing and having everyone type in the chat is what was your favorite game or toy to, um, to actually have, uh, when you were a child or to play, what, what game did you play? What, what toy did you, was your favorite? Um, I've talked before that, you know, mine was Smurfs, um, and they're on my desk. So <laughs> I just, I want to hear from both of you. What was your, what was your favorite toy or game growing up? I can go. So my favorite, um, it was probably Barbies and coloring. Like I, yeah, those were totally my things. <laughs> I love it. Um, I actually kind of a tomboy. I grew up in a farm. So most of the day I was outside playing. And one of the things I love to do is jump in puddles and climb on trees. So, yes. so yeah, so not really a board game or anything, just being outside and enjoying uh, the fresh air and all the excitement that comes with, you know, animals and everything that's around you. Yes, I love it. And the beauty of this, of tapping back into what we used to do as children, um, allows us to then tap back into it as adults. Let's remember that our sense of play, our innovation allows us to, um, to tap back into our inner spirit that just brings the joy back into our daily life. Yes, things are challenging. And yes, we can also have play and joy in the face of all of this adversity. And we get to choose that every day. And once we spark it, then we get to create our best days and we get to do it together. So Shiva, as always, thank you for being here. Uh, Ortel, thank you for being here. Um, and I welcome you into this community. I am so grateful to have you a part of it. We're going to continue to bring on more special guests um, each week in the Playground Masterclass. We are, um, we're going to continue at this 9 a.m. Pacific time time slot throughout the month of April. Beginning in May, we are going to shift our time slot a little bit um, to open it up to more flexibility for when people are available to join us, um, but we will still continue every Thursday. And we'll let you know next week the time that we're going to shift to, but that's not happening until May. So April is still 9 a.m. Pacific time uh, each Thursday. And uh, we will be talking about acceptance next week and, and really what that looks like and how we overcome those challenges and, and really just own the amazing humans that we are. So thank you all for being here. I wish you a beautiful rest of your week and a wonderful weekend. And remember to bring the play and the joy into your life in those micro moments. We've all got this together. Thanks everybody. Love you much. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Conscious Educator Playground. Subscribe to this podcast and join our Conscious Educator Playground Facebook group. You can find me at Sandra Marie Herrera across all socials. I look forward to seeing you on the playground again soon. Cheers to another week living your life on purpose.